0: worth deleting the app for.
1: The Datable podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Datable is brought to you by 500 Brunches, Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. And I know that when we talk about modern dating, you guys have given us a lot of your Tinder nightmare stories. Things have happened to you, (laughs) not just on Tinder, but also online dating. But we have a guest here today who's actually created a show around Tinder nightmare stories. It's called Fuck Tinder, a love story. And we have David here with us. How great are name. you, David?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you.
1: I like how the name of the show is Fuck Tinder. A love story. Just to soften it a little bit. I want to give you guys a little background on who David is. He is 47 years old, originally from Stamford, Connecticut. He's been in San Francisco for three years. And this is what he wrote into us. He said, quote unquote, I went on dates with 120 women in two years looking for love and finding everything else. I was... I was invited to acid parties and sex clubs, but mostly dealt with a day in and day out obsession with apps like Tinder, wondering if anyone likes me and if I'm going to die alone and if I should go back to talking the old fashioned way. On OKCupid, <laughs> but David, you are in a committed monogamous relationship now, aren't you? I am.
2: It's fairly new, and uh, there is an epilogue now to fuck Tinder that oh will, is required because of this. Um, Let's
1: start with. Fuck Tinder. (laughs) Tell us what that is.
2: (laughs) Sure. So uh, I moved up to San Francisco three years ago. Uh, I'd fallen in love with San Francisco when I was 17 years old, and I always wanted to live here because Mm -hmm. this city feels like it is a physical embodiment of freedom, like Mm -hmm. in every kind of way, artistically, sexually, just everything. But uh, I've worked in theater and music and film and TV, and San Francisco never felt like it was a place that I could I could work. There's no industry here. There's not much. Yeah. Um, But what happened was, uh, about three and a half years ago, I was living in Los Angeles, and uh, one random night, my girlfriend quite unexpectedly broke up with me, and I went out for a walk to think about what that meant and where I was going to move to, and while I was on my walk, that night, I got held up at gunpoint.
0: What? In L.A.? Where?
2: In in L.A., uh, near uh, Fairfax and Olympic.
0: Oh,
1: shit. Yeah. And it wasn't some actor practicing a scene. No. no. <laughs> you're like, let me
0: check. Nope, you're real. <laughs> it was three guys with
2: a gun. And oh, uh, after that happened, like, and I'm like, what are the chances this all happens the same night? It felt like the universe was trying me, trying to send me a message, but I didn't know what it was. And then the next day, an old friend from San Francisco called me up and said, David, I heard about what happened. You need to get the hell out of L.A. and I need a roommate. Move up. Perfect. So I was like, okay, that's that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So I did, really without any plan. Um, and when I came up here, uh, it was the first time I'd been single in a while. And I'd been living with someone who, you know, we were talking about kids and, you know, serious, serious stuff. And suddenly, I'm single in a brand Mm -hmm. new city, and I'd never used dating apps before. Mm -hmm. I dated online, but the dating apps, it's it's different. It's totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I had to figure that out, and also figure it out in San Francisco. And I was hit with a lot of very strange things pretty quickly.
0: (laughs) Um, Tell us some of those strange (laughs) things.
2: Well, okay. So one of the things that I actually loved was that uh, my very, well, I, I downloaded Tinder. I arrived here the day before New Year's. And I went to uh, what looked like the coolest party I could find on New Year's, which was uh, this uh, party at the Armory. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh, exactly. Yep. This is when their Kink.com was still shooting all of their BDSM porn there. They've now moved to Vegas because- Oh, Calif- I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes, San Francisco God. changed oh, all of its So promos. Armory's
1: purely just for event? The, like the, as an the, event they're space? launching
2: huge events now. Yeah. Oh, they're no longer shooting porn. Yep. Okay. Um... But I was thinking, well, all kinds of sexy people are going to be out looking for a fun time. (laughs) I've just arrived in town. Let's get into some crazy trouble. I go there, and for three hours, I'm wandering around, and it feels like Burning Man has been lifted up from the Uh playa, brought over and dropped down to the armory. Everyone's dressed so sexy, and I cannot figure out how to start a conversation with a single person there. Everyone is with their own little pod, with their own Mm. little tribe, with their Burning Man friends. And I literally don't talk to anyone for four hours and I walk home alone at the rain at three in the morning. Wow. So the next day I'm like, screw this. I'm going to do what I actually wanted to do because I never have a good time on New Year's anyway and I didn't know why I thought I would this time. <laughs> Julie feels the same way. It's a horrible, <laughs> horrible my favorite day. favorite holiday. It's almost as bad as Valentine's. Yeah. It's a toss-up. Both of them, the expectations. Yeah. that, that yeah, like the pressure.
0: The, it's like yeah. amateur hour too. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Not my favorite.
2: On New Year's you must be happy. Yeah. You yeah. have to have someone to kiss. Yes. Valentine's, you have to be like in you know, a loving thing or yeah. hook up or it's something. It's
0: the, the
1: pressure yeah. is
2: horrible yeah. for both of them. Um, so I come home and the next morning I'm like, screw it. I'm going to do what I wanted to do. I downloaded Tinder for the first time and I've been hearing about how it
0: all goes down. (laughs) I know.
2: I've been hearing for for a while that Tinder was all about like, you know, free sex right now and often weird. (laughs) Um, and it was really (laughs) exciting. So I go on and I start matching with people left and right. And within a day I have 15 conversations going on simultaneously and I make a horrible mistake. I try and get to know people. Oh,
1: shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like,
2: so tell me about yourself. And within a a week, all the conversations have dissipated. Such
1: a newbie. I know.
2: (laughs) So I I literally went back to, about a week later, I went back to dating the old-fashioned way on OKCupid. And boom, in a day, I had a date. So Um, how
0: did all this get to this show? Right. what you're doing now.
2: So um, what actually happened was, so I do a lot of live storytelling, like The Moth and Porchlight, body storytelling, and... I'm always looking for material, and uh, I started going on these dates, and some dates were wonderful. Uh, some people I would date for a period of time, and then for whatever reason it wouldn't work out, but then there would be these epically horrible dates, <laughs> and not even just horrible, but just sort of like, I cannot believe that happened. Yeah, well, we um, made a whole
0: podcast about it, so we get you. <laughs> so, there yeah, you, got yeah. you. <laughs> so first I
2: start telling my friends, and the way I do things, I sort of begin to hone the story there, and then I take it to one of these storytelling events, And it didn't occur to me at first that this was going to add up into an entire evening. Uh, I've done about... This is my seventh uh, full-length solo show, so um, I've developed things like this before, but never in quite this way. I didn't know what it was at first. Um, It was all these little vignettes. Uh Uh, Horrible date here, horrible date there, and then... um, After about a year, what happened was I was complaining more than anyone else to my gay best friends in town, and they would give me their advice. (laughs) And after a year of this, their advice was, David, stop dating online. Mm. Delete all of your apps. In fact, stop dating for an entire month. And they had just gotten married. And they're like, you know how we met? We both went off of online dating, and Uh we both went on dating fasts. And if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't have been, like, here present to like meet the other person Mm. and i resisted this at first but eventually i took their advice after one more really bad tinder date and i deleted (laughs) all of my apps and it was at that point that i realized i had developed an addiction Mm. over the course of one year because welcome to
1: the club (laughs) i know (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: i know but sometimes you have to like really go off of it to realize it absolutely because i found myself grabbing for my phone and i'm like oh No, the gap is gone. And why was I going for my phone anyway? Yeah. You know, it was just for a little bit of validation. Mm -hmm. Was it to see if does anyone in the world like me? Yeah. Right. You know, I got to that desperate point at times, especially late (laughs) at night after a drink or a toke, where (laughs) I would be like lying in bed swiping and I would swipe on anyone to see if anyone liked me. Oh, hell Um, yeah. And then I would match with them and then I would have this, oh, I should probably look and actually take a look at their profile and their other pictures. (laughs) Yes. And I would then get really judgmental, and then I would either leave them there and never write them, or I would delete them.
1: Isn't that interesting with online dating? You swipe hoping for validation, but once you get the validation, somehow you become the upper hand in the situation, and you get really picky and judgmental. Right.
0: Exactly.
2: (laughs) It's a little bit like, you know, uh, honestly, and, and here's the thing. The apps have gamified dating. Uh-huh. Totally. and in the way they've gamified dating it makes it feel like Amazon you're up late at yes. night you had a drink you buy a pair of shoes two days later they show up at your apartment and you're like oh
0: Wait, bad uh, decision <laughs> yeah, not and then size. you return yep.
2: but at um, least
1: on Amazon you get to read reviews if Tinder had reviews <laughs> I'm telling you
2: I would read those reviews for all night long I, I'm actually somewhat baffled that there isn't a, a, a Yelp style dating they thing they tried that yeah, what was it? it?
0: I think it was no, it. oh yeah that one, but that got really mean. Yeah, and that was did like yeah, that's yeah, a problem Yeah Unless you like ask your friend to write a review, no one else is gonna go write a review. Especially if they're trying to date you, right. yeah. They don't that, want a bunch of other people dating you. Right. And it's like, exactly. People that you screwed over. They like come <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. It's they're all like, negative. Yeah, Lulu had to change course because it got real mean.
2: Do they are they still around? Do they do I something think
0: they're like it? Just different now. I'm they're not they're trying to be a dating app too. Yeah, yeah. I think like it's different. like if you had. I mean, if
1: you read a review and someone's like, oh, my God, David was, like, the best in bed and, <laughs>
2: like, we had such
1: an amazing night. I don't even know if that positive review
2: would do you yeah. good yeah, yeah, <laughs> in yeah, dating, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so go on. So, uh, actually, what happened was I literally made a spreadsheet hmm. of, like, well, that <laughs> happened. Well, there was a, that, that time when you know, we went to the bar and then this crazy thing happened. Um, and I realized I had so much material, it wouldn't fit in a film. <laughs> um, and then a few months later, I had a friend uh, doing the you know uh, National Book Writing Month in November. Uh-huh. So he was going to write a book, and he's like, David, do this with me. I'm like, uh, I don't know if I really want to do that. He's like, come on, you have all those stories, so just write them down. I'm like, well, okay, maybe it'll really motivate me. So I, I wrote about uh, 60,000 words in one month, oh, wow. uh, which is like what's going to turn out to be maybe half the book after I edit it down. Okay. And... What it made me realize was that there's a treasure trove of material, and I actually didn't see it working on stage because there's too much. Mm. And it's a, a, I was doing it over a two-year period, and at the time, this is November 2016, I was in the midst of the most interesting, exciting, and traumatic part of my dating mm. because I just met someone that I fell in love with.
1: And then what happened with that?
2: We dated for three and a half months, and she dumped me.
1: For oh. what reason?
2: The, this is the heart of the show. Okay. Um, so this is the love story this part. This is the love okay. story. <laughs> uh-huh. This is the love this story is the part. Fuck
0: Tinder part. This is the right, love story. Right. Right.
1: So the uh, Fuck Tinder, the show, is yeah. an actual like one story, or is it vignettes still?
2: Uh, the first half are vignettes that essentially prepare you for what that dating world is like for okay. me out there uh-huh. before I finally meet someone who I truly want to be with. Got it. Who then dumps you. Yeah.
0: Oh, this <laughs> so is a tragedy. So this and is, so is the well, show that you're taking nationwide? You're going yeah. on tour
2: with. So uh, I premiered Fuck Tinder in Los Angeles uh, last summer. Uh, I'm doing it in San Francisco at Piano Fight, and then I'm taking it on tour. So I'm bringing it to Australia, and uh, this summer I'm hitting a whole bunch of different uh, uh, venues. Some of which are fringe festivals, and others are theaters that uh, just like my work.
1: I'm curious. Then, so there's there's quite a few shows. There's Tinderella. Uh-huh. There's actually a dating, uh Tinder nightmares. Uh, I think it's an interactive play where uh-huh. people go up and like talk about their Tinder stories. Right. I want to hear about what are some that give us a glimpse of some of the stories you tell. On your show, sure.
2: Okay, this is my first Tinder date ever. It took me <laughs> weeks before I actually figured out how to get from the app to meeting someone in person. Okay. So I'd matched with about fifty different people, all of which the conversations just disappeared over time. I was so confused as to who was who. I started an entire spreadsheet just to track <laughs> people, and finally I realized you just need to suggest meeting them immediately. Yes. So uh, I, I matched with someone on a Sunday afternoon, and I'm like, "Hey, do you want to get a drink tonight?" And she writes back uh, and says, yes, I'm very, very thirsty. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting and suggestive and that sounds exciting. I'm a
1: vampire. I know.
2: And and at this point I also had realized that I'd missed the golden age of Tinder where it really was just Mm -hmm. uh, a straight person's grinder um, Uh because half the people I matched with had in their profiles in all caps not here for hookups. Yes, Uh uh-huh. Uh, but since she was very, very thirsty, I thought maybe she was using <laughs> Tinder in the old fashioned way. So we meet up at this wine bar downtown, and um, she actually looks better than her pictures. I'm excited. This That's is great. really great. I sit down and I'm like, hey, it's my first Tinder date. This is awesome. And she's like, it's your first? That's terrible. Like what? No, it's that. Why? That no, it's great. I mean, firsts are great in every culture. You know, think about beginner's luck, and I'm Jewish, and like you know, we say a shahakianu for every new thing. She's like, no, no, you don't understand. This is like when you're interviewing someone for a job, you never hire the first person. And I'm like, oh. I would totally hire you. But she was completely undeterred, and she's like, listen, whatever you do, just don't ask me any stupid questions. Guys always ask me these idiotic things. No small talk, no chit-chat. Don't ask me where I'm from. In fact, you know what? From now on, every day that I'm going to go on, I am not going to say a word until a guy asks me something interesting. And if he asks me something stupid, I'm going to have a sheet of paper with all the typical things the guys ask me, and I'm just going to slide it over to him so he can see what he just did, so he can tell what he's just such an idiot.
1: Oh, damn! She is crotchety! And, holy cow and I'm just
2: thinking you're a horrible horrible person welcome, still, to you welcome to tinder welcome to tinder but I also thought you're still really hot and I want to have sex with you <laughs> yes. so I'm like okay I have to continue on but she just wouldn't let up for another ten minutes she just kept on going about how horrible dating was exactly. finally excused myself to the bathroom for a second and I'm thinking like I have to Pull myself together, turn this date around, but on my way to the bathroom, I looked down the hallway and there was a door to the <laughs> <laughs> And I'm thinking for once I didn't leave a bag or a jacket at my side. S- like, I, I could, could just, just, just get go out. I've never done this. I've heard people do this, and I'm like...
0: We had someone on our podcast that had it done to her. Oh, God. Yep. And, and Maybe I, it was you. I don't know. I, so
2: so I I go to the bathroom, like, no, Dave, you have to be a gentleman. It may be Tinder, but you still have to have to show yeah. some decorum. It's pretty bad. The bathroom
0: veils a lot. I know. Yeah, it's just... No. So I go
2: back, and I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this whole thing around. And as soon as I get back, she leaps up from her seat, says, well, I have an early morning. Got to go. See you. Bye. And she's oh, gone.
1: Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that
2: worked out well. <laughs> well, yeah, <really>. did it? <laughs> yeah, what you were
0: looking for? So I yeah. paid the
2: bill. She only finished half a drink. She was not Ooh. very, very thirsty. Um, and then I get how long Uber. was
0: this date? Like twenty minutes. It's like twenty minutes.
2: <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Wow. Uh, so I call an Uber, and on the way home, I tell the Uber driver what happened. And uh, he's from some other country, but he seemed to know our customs better than I did. <laughs> and he's so like you
1: go on your first tinder date and then you're asking the uber driver for advice on um, on your dating uh, oh, he, that's, he, it, okay. he just offers okay all right and all he's right. like
2: oh man you totally screwed up i'm like what what are you talking about it's like oh she just wanted to fuck you I'm like no no i wanted to fuck her if she wanted to fuck me i think i would have noticed and he's like mm. no no it's okay you can turn it around here you just have to text her i'm like dude the date's over there's no texting her it's like no no just hold on a second and I realize he has taken home so many women True. after bad dates True. who tell him exactly oh, what but went wrong and yeah. what they wanted.
0: Yeah. Okay, so now this is the advice to everyone after an, like a yeah. date that's like, all right: just ask your Uber driver.
2: Exactly. So <laughs> I realized right <laughs> he's like my, my Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, tell me like the most beautiful thing that every woman wants to hear. How do I turn this around? He's like, hold on. Okay. And he says, write her. I'm like, I'm waiting for, like, this poetry. And he says, okay.
1: Anticipation.
2: What color are your panties? Uh, What? And I'm like, dude, no, 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 no. I cannot, and I will not write that. That's misogynistic. This is why there's like this toxicity between men and women. It's and d- because what of shit color like this. What are
1: your panties? Uh, okay. And he's okay. like,
2: are you going to get laid tonight? I'm like, no, the only person I'm going home with is you.
1: Fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care what color your panties uh, are. <laughs> uh, fine, I'll
2: give it a try. So I text her. You do. I do. Oh She writes back instantaneously, translucent. Oh, shit. And I'm like, why would she respond to that? After ending the date in such an abrupt fashion. Wow. And uh, I'm like, man, this guy knows what he's doing. So he starts dictating to me the entire ride home. She's getting so turned on, she's about to invite me back to her place. We're about to turn the car around. Oh, my gosh. And finally she says, no, I do actually have an early morning see you. And he gives me one last piece of advice, which is not to text her first. I'm like, I hate those fucking games. It's just stupid. He's like, don't. Oh so I'm God, waiting around. A I'm like, I'm, I know. I'm not going to hear from her again. But then 4.30 the next day, I get one text from her and it says, what's up, perv? I'm like, oh my uh, God. If you think I'm a perv, why are you even write? I don't understand what she wants. She's flirting. She's flirting. So I try I, I try to channel my best Uber driver. <laughs> And I think... You're nothing
0: without him. I you know? know. I think she's totally
2: going to invite me over right then. And then at the end, she's like, listen, you seem really nice, but um, I'm just not feeling the, the same magic I you felt last have night. You didn't
0: the edge the Uber driver had. So oh she's like, ended God. it there,
2: and I've not heard from her ever since.
0: Wow. This is a, a Okay, that's incredible. So many... So many... So many, so many <laughs> aspects of that. One question for you. Yeah. So you said, like, you tried to make small talk with people, but then you just got to the point and was like, do you want to meet for a drink? Uh-huh. Was that the bulk of the way you met up with people, or did you do any, like more conversation
1: qualifying first. It's time to take a quick break so we can tell you about the latest service we have been building over at Dateable. We'll be offering a platform to connect you with vetted dating experts from our network to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching to see where you're getting stuck in dating, and even ways to get real feedback about your dating style. The sessions typically run from 30 minutes to an hour and can all be done via Skype or Google Hangouts so you can be anywhere. We're so excited about this because so many of you wrote in asking how you can find people to help up your dating game. And this should be a great way to get personalized, affordable advice. We'll be adding more coaches and more services. And of course, let us know if there's something specific you like to see. To meet the coaches and book your session today, visit datablepodcastcom slash coaching. Now back to the show.
0: Do you do any like More conversation qualifying first? Uh,
2: uh, As in before meeting them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I found uh, on Tinder in particular, uh, attempts at longer conversation usually didn't go well.
0: Interesting. On
2: OkCupid, uh, I found people did want to engage in conversation, and some people specifically said they wanted to talk to me beforehand. But I was Mm. extremely reluctant after a certain period to ever propose having a conversation beforehand, Because I found simply asking for a woman's number on OkCupid, or Tinder for that matter, uh, met with such strong resistance sometimes, they didn't want to share that private information. They felt it a violation... So they're like, yeah, no, and people would shut down. I wouldn't hear from them again after I asked for their phone number.
0: So for me, and this is my own personal, like if a guy just was like wanting me for a drink without any conversation, I would not do it. Sure. Like I need to be warmed up a little. There's a line, like you don't want to go on forever and ever making small talk. I would never give someone my number after just like one line. Right. I don't know what you think.
1: I just think it's unfortunate that people are so resistant to – giving away numbers before meeting in person but they're so easy to jump at a like a last minute date and meet someone yeah. in real life. Don't you think it's a lot safer to talk to someone on the phone as opposed yeah. to meeting them in real life? This is why I have a Google voice number. Ah you don't have to give away your real number. Th- that's it's probably Google really Voice smart. It's cheap. It, yeah. It's free. Yeah. And any, everybody should have a Google Voice number and give that out. But yeah. I really do think you need to filter better before these days.
2: Well, I, I, I expect the women who are resistant have had bad experiences. So, oh, definitely. You know, I, I no, I totally
0: get it. I get it. I think it's just like, what's that line? Because you don't want to be like chatting forever and never leading anywhere. Yeah. But then. I don't know, it's, it's hard if you
2: don't know anything about someone. So
1: you were met with more resistance when you asked for a number versus just saying, let's get a drink.
2: On Tinder, yes. Now, mm-hmm. I, I still often tried to switch to texting. Um, I find it, uh, it, 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 I see those quicker. Sometimes I don't mm-hmm. get all my notifications. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and I don't know, it, it, it feels like you've made a step. Like, that is actually a level of commitment to share a number and begin yeah. texting with someone instead of dealing with them on the app. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean it's going to go anywhere. And, I mean, like, I actually did a, a statistical analysis of all the people whom I contacted, all the people whom I dated over this two-year period. And uh, I went on dates with 120 different women, but that is about only 50 percent of the women whom I matched with. Uh-huh. And that's on Bumble, well, that's Tinder, OkCupid, okay yeah. The League. I mean, I tried all of the apps. Right. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite, but I wanted to like Bumble the most. Uh, I enjoyed the actual physical interface of the app, and I love the idea that women were uh, making the, the choice move. to yeah. initiate conversation. The funny thing is that on uh, on uh, OkCupid, okay uh, I feel like it's the highest bar of conversation. People want something that is Pithy in some yes. kind of way, something more substantial, and a lot of women criticize men yes. preemptively in their profiles, saying, "Don't, don't just say don't hey." Don't just say hey. Yeah. yeah. Then but I then get women on to Bumble. Do the same. Yep. All they can do is like, "Hey, yep. what's up?" I'm like, "Oh, see what it's like." Put it, put the shoe on the other foot. It's hard to start a conversation. No, yeah. but this is
1: the issue with dating. We hear the same complaints from men and women. Yeah. But we do the exact same things <laughs> to yeah. each other. So yeah. why don't we? actually change our own behaviors before we complain about the opposite sex, So right? did you have
0: other ways that you would, like, qualify your days? Did you have, like, age ranges that you went after? Or, like, anything that was, like... Cause it sounds like, obviously, the one girl yeah. that you just brought up in the story, like, you didn't know much about her going in. It was, yeah, let's get no- a drink. Like, yeah,
2: I-, I knew nothing about her. I, I, I have a picture of her and her first name. Right. Um. So, uh... It, For me, over the two years, I went through uh, cycles where uh, I was more interested in... When I first got here, I just wanted to like sample and see what San Francisco Mm -hmm. had. And I was newly single, so I didn't want to get locked down. And this actually leads into another interesting conversation. Uh, I started dating someone, and I still wanted to keep on dating. And I didn't want to do anything behind her back. So I'm like, hey... Um, I wanted to let you know I really like you but I don't uh, and I, I really fumbled with how to say this yeah, and, that's hard. and And finally she's like you want to be non-monogamous sure that's fine what, what, what's the problem I'm like oh, oh. Uh, you're, you're totally cool she's like yeah I mean I I, don't, I never want to get married and I don't want to have kids so oh, wow. I mean what's the point of the entire thing I'm like I, uh Okay. (laughs) Love you. (laughs) So it was really interesting. So my first six months here, I had one person who I would see at least once, sometimes two or three times a week. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, you know, in quote unquote traditional dating, things that come up, uh, the the reason, uh, the relationship that I'd been in Los Angeles ended. Uh, It ended when she asked me the question, so where is this going, really? Mm -hmm. Um, And When you change the end point of what the idea of dating is, if it's no longer uh, looking to end in marriage or in children or monogamy even, then everything gets put into question.
0: Mm. And
2: uh, I found that the uh, percentage of people in San Francisco who are polyamorous, non-monogamous, non-traditional in one capacity or another uh, was higher than anywhere I've ever lived before. Yep. Um, and negotiating that space while you're also negotiating every in and out of dating where, you know, I've have, I have offended women by asking for their phone number. Then I've offended other women by not asking for their phone mm-hmm. number and proposing we speak before we meet. Mm-hmm. Um, that there are no rules anymore. No. Every person is different. If you think yep. you've learned something from your previous encounters, you will be schooled very quickly that whatever you think you've learned – is inaccurate for this new person right. tough. everyone is there. I
0: think it's tough, especially like with paying on dates too because there are some women that will expect the man to pay mm-hmm. and then others that are like equal opportunists that would get Absolutely. offended. So I totally get where you're coming from. But
1: I think the main uh, takeaway is you just got to stick to your values. These yeah. are my values when it comes to dating. These are things I'm accustomed to doing. Mm-hmm. And if you find someone who's not used to it and not open to it, then you shouldn't be dating them, right? Why do you have to adapt to everybody else when this is your life? Yeah, You're the one right. dating here. This is your love life at
0: stake.
2: Yeah. Um, you, you can put your stake in the ground and say, this is the way I do it. Uh, I, I find, I have found that when I do that, uh, I just lose out on the, uh, the potential of meeting certain people. Okay. Um,
1: so how did you meet your current girlfriend?
2: We met on OkCupid. Cupid. Okay. Um, and we went through a period of dating and then a period of friendship and then a period of, uh, what we're in now where we're just like crazy in love.
1: So dating first, then friendship. Yeah. Then now in a relationship. Yeah. Uh, So how did it go from dating to friendship?
2: Uh, after a period of silence where, uh, I didn't contact her after she broke up with me and, uh, then... We very slowly uh, reintroduced ourselves to each other in a very different context. And mm-hmm. I actually feel like I'm almost dating a completely different person.
0: Was this the same girl that broke, broke up, up
2: with you? you? That's possible.
1: Okay. Oh! She's the love story.
2: This is why there's an epilogue that's necessary. Oh!
0: Okay. So
1: timing. Timing. Timing is everything. So when you guys first dated, it wasn't a good match, obviously. And then you kind of eased your way into a friendship and then eased your way out of this friendship into now a monogamous committed relationship? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. (laughs) So what what are some of your learnings from this whole journey then?
2: Oh, For anybody
1: who's just so frustrated with dating, we hear it so many times and we, we want to reach out to all of them. What would you say to all of our listeners
2: I think going on a fast for a month was great advice given to me mm-hmm. um, and partially because it was hard. Mm-hmm. It also it made me realize the level of my addiction and what I was getting out of the apps that I wasn't realizing mm-hmm. and how flimsy that was. This validation that someone maybe likes me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that happened, it, it, it's sort of like going on any kind of fast. You, you begin to see um, you begin to see your patterns. Uh, and for me, I also, um, I was horribly, horribly lonely for that first week. That second week was brutal. That third week, I thought I would never meet anyone again for the rest of my life. And I would probably just die alone. Like, I got dramatic by the third week. But
1: we've all been there. We've yeah. all thought that, yeah.
2: And then the fourth week, a certain kind of peace (laughs) began to descend over me. And I wasn't missing the validation. Mm -hmm. And I was a little bit more alive in the present world. Um, And I happened to be invited to a Super Bowl party. And I happened to meet someone in person there. And I'm not on my phone all the time. And we had this total connection. We ended up dating for a few months Mm -hmm. with someone who I met in real life.
0: So with the person that you're with now... Yeah. Did you, when you got was when you got back together, that was post fast. Yes. Do you think that had an impact on how you showed up with her the second time around?
2: Mm, look at that smirk. <laughs> um, that, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure. Um, I, I would wager that she changed what she was looking for. Okay. More than anything else. Gotcha. Um, and. Originally, I was not what she was looking for, and then her desires changed for what she wanted, and suddenly I was. Okay. Um, I don't really feel like I shifted substantially.
1: Okay. But you also didn't force the situation. So this is what we've learned from some of the other stories, is yeah. that... If someone's not ready or they think it's not a good fit, you yeah. can't force them no. into thinking it's a good fit. Nope. They need to come to that conclusion themselves. So you left her alone. I'm guessing you left her alone. But, and
2: that was brutal. After uh, mm-hmm. she, she broke up with me, I was like, I'm not going to call her. I'm not going to text her. I thought about her every single day. And and th- this, this finally is answering your question as to why the show. Um, I'd written half the book at that point. And after she broke up with me, I couldn't write. I had writer's block for the first time in my entire life. I could not bring myself to look back at that period and and talk about it and write about it. But I could still talk about it. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was that I can write with my mouth. When I do these solo shows, I don't write them down. Uh, This is a style I learned from my mentor, Spalding Gray, who created autobiographical monologue as we know it today. Um, And he never wrote anything down. He had an outline. And then he would simply remember the last time he told the story, remembered what worked, remember what didn't work, and he would try it again. And mm. he would literally write it with his mouth. So uh, I realized I couldn't write with my hands, but I could write it with my mouth. So I booked a theater in Los Angeles. I set a date. And I'm like, I have to have a show by then. Mm-hmm. And when the show came around, I had something to say. Um, and it got me back into the writing process again so gotcha. that I've now finally, finally almost finished up the book.
0: So with all of this, all these terrible Tinder stories, how did this like come back to like? I mean, I guess like what what advice would you give someone that's going through this? Other than take taking the fast, yeah. taking the fast like, which is great. How do you think this played into your current relationship? All the stuff.
2: Um, I am so. Thrilled to not be dating right now. <laughs> well, I
0: guess you know you're not missing out. Yeah. yeah.
2: So. <laughs> um, I, I really wish I had good advice. Uh, and it it feels a little bit packed to say, uh, go out in real life. Try to open your eyes and literally make eye contact with people and go out with friends and see if they can invite other friends. Um, but... That's a really, really effective way to not just build your general network, but also to potentially eventually find someone you connect with. Right. Um, I'm not saying that apps are um, terrible. I know people who have gotten married who have met through their apps and they're horribly in love, but I went back and I looked at all of my past relationships and even though I've been online dating since 2000 and only app dating for starting since 2015... Um I only have one serious relationship that I got through online. That's All me my too. Other Everything else has been in person, yeah. I've had mm-hmm. so many dates online. Yep. But in terms of actual things that turn into relationships, I guess two. Two in 17 years. Um and you know, it feels like it should be able to work and you have stories uh of people for whom it did work. But uh, for whatever reason, I have not had nearly the success uh, where I meet people in person, usually through a friend.
0: So
1: the takeaway I'm getting from your stories would be mindful dating and what does that look Mm -hmm. like? Because you said something that, that I think about all the time is you reach for your phone and not just for your dating apps, but just reaching for your phone as... Reflex is a natural... Re- you're not mindfully reaching for your phone, yeah. which is something you feel like you need to do. Yeah. And when it comes to online dating, next time you reach for your phone to swipe because you feel like that is a natural reflex of what you should be doing, think about the next time you swipe for 10 minutes, then for each minute you're swiping, yeah. you should also devote a minute to searching for something uh-huh. to do in real life. Yeah. So maybe it's like for each 10 minutes you're swiping, spend another <laughs> 10 minutes looking at... What's coming up this weekend yeah. that you uh-huh. can go to or another 10 minutes of reaching out to friends and family uh-huh. or another 10 minutes of like reflecting on what you can do to improve yeah. on yourself. Right. Oh. So it's it's more mindful.
2: Uh-huh. And another thing you can try, and this is brutal, but go to a bar, go to a cafe and don't take out Phone. That's yeah. so hard. It is so it is, hard. Yeah. And sometimes, and, and quite frankly, I think this is harder for men than women because women are approached. Men are rarely approached right. in a public setting like that. So you either, if if you're a guy, you have to actually not just make eye contact in an unthreatening course, yep. way, but also <laughs> find a way to say something. Yeah. And I, I I'm 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 terrible at this. I'm terrified at this. I figure I'm always gonna yeah. sound stupid yep. with some sort of opening gambit and i don't do lines so i have no way of like starting something you know uh, it, it, it. I just keep my eyes open for something that is happening in the space. It might be on a TV. It might be someone walking outside who's like getting into a fight. Whatever, something you can start a conversation about. Totally, yeah. But Um, it doesn't
1: have to be in a romantic context. No, 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 no. I think people just need to know that when you're out in public, you don't need to be searching for someone you're attracted to. Mm -hmm. Talk to strangers. I never know. Start with that, and you you never know where that. Exactly. I
0: think my takeaway is to. I mean, obviously, you've made this comedic. So, like, some people could go on 120 dates. Uh-huh, that what you went yeah. on? Like, and be just really depressed. So, at yes. least, mm-hmm. like... You were oh, I able, was.
2: But, <laughs> but my, I make my Maybe. misery other people's comedy.
0: <laughs> at least, like, I think you've... I mean, the story you told, like, it has, like, at least you found some comedy out of it and were able to turn it around. And then, I think, too, like, thinking about, like the date specifically, like we've talked about this, like the attitude is everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like the fact that like someone was on this date with such a poor attitude like really does impact the whole thing. Oh, yeah. So it's like something to just be conscious of. Um, Yeah, just because you've experienced all these bad dates before doesn't mean this
1: person you're about to have a date with is going to commit those same crimes. Uh, Similar to
2: the
0: phone number too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you want to know something funny about that woman, uh, uh, The my, my first Tinder date, the story I told you about, uh-huh. uh, just before I got uh, together and into the serious relationship, I was back on Tinder, I was swiping around, this, this is, is, is so almost two years later. <laughs> Uh, and she was still there. Of course. Yep.
0: Well, the other <laughs> takeaway is just ask your Uber driver. Ask, ask Uber your Uber driver. driver. Definitely. They know everything. They know everything. You don't uh, need a dating code. Just get your Uber driver. Yeah. It's, uh, you can just find this one guy that's like the. Or just start yeah. with what color are your panties? And <laughs> apparently that works. I don't know if that's the best Apparently advice. that works late at night. Um, <laughs> do you have any takeaways from this whole experience that's led you to where you are now?
2: Um <laughs> everyone is going through this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your location, it doesn't matter your language and we're we're not we're not finding uh great ways to talk about it yet and we're mm-hmm. all getting frustrated. Yep. Sometimes really upset, sometimes really jaded. I think that's part of why a fast can be uh, helpful. Yep. You can reset your clock and actually come back with a better attitude sometimes. Yep. Um, and we all, in some ways, need to laugh about this. Exactly. We have so to. I'm, I'm trying to <laughs> b- bring the craziness I went through so that people can laugh at me so that they see something of their lives in yep. what I'm doing. Uh, and what I've experienced, so they don't feel they're the only ones who are experiencing this.
1: Well, we hear this time and time again, oh, I have so many dating stories, I should write a book. I have so many dating stories, I should write a blog. Well, guys, if you feel that way, do it. Start one. Start yeah. a blog. Start a book. You know, like get it down on a paper because these are, this is great content about your life that you can reflect back on and yeah. laugh at yourself. Even if it's just your own personal Even if it's, journal only or whatnot. Keep yeah. it private. Only like a few friends can see it. But we hear it all the time. You guys say it to us all the time. I'm the one that's experiencing all these like Tinder nightmare stories and I should really like write a book about it. Do it get it down on paper that's a way to release all that frustration
0: and then my other just one takeaway it sounds like super cliche but like you obviously met someone that you're really in love with and like it only does only take one like you could mm-hmm. go on 120 shitty dates Yeah. but at the end of the day you found someone through it
2: so yep. yeah
0: alright let's go on to our question of the day
1: comes from Rachel. She says, I met this guy for a first date from Bumble. At first I thought he was interested, but then he started to tell me about women he took home from bars and slept with. Is he trying to turn me on or make me jealous, or is he trying to show me he was only interested in me as a friend? Obviously we never, will never know what is going on in people's heads, but why would you ever tell a woman these kind of stories, especially on a date? And, Ooh. well, this happened to me on that episode called the blind date oh, yeah. and for anybody who hasn't listened to it. I was set up on a blind date and on the date went very well, but in the middle of the date, he started talking about the other women that he was trying to court and, um, asking me for dating advice on how, how to execute these, um, these situations. So why do you think this, why does this happen? Have you ever done this?
2: Um,
1: Probably. <laughs> no, no well, well, the, but
2: specifically the idea of bragging about women that you have met in bars and taken home. Yeah. Uh, I've certainly never done that. Um, occasionally, when people find out what I do, uh, they're curious about it, uh, and they often press me for stories. Right. When I do tell them stories, they are usually stories that do not end in sex. Those are the funniest ones most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're usually about my foibles and my failures in dating. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, I think that can uh, potentially break the ice in a humorous kind of way. Yeah. And make the other per- person feel like, well, I'm not that crazy. I stand a great shot Yeah, <laughs> Well,
0: it's like more self-deprecating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, why do you think
1: guys do that, or some men do this on dates?
2: I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> Oh. I, I'm sorry. I I find it baffling. And honestly, I, I try not to bring up dating anyone else uh, unless I am specifically asked and pressed. And th- th- there was a brief period where I actually put in my profile that I'm writing a book called Fuck Tinder. No, really. It's about all of my horror stories. And that actually generated conversations before we met. Mm. Um, but when we got to actually being in person, I don't want to talk about my horror stories nor do I want no, to talk I about mean, my conquests
0: I I don't know I think in general just talking about other people you've been dating yeah. even exes is not the best on no, the early no. stages no, God, like no. there's something about this camaraderie of like oh these dating apps like bad experiences but even yeah. that I don't know I try to stay away from that because yeah. it has like a little bit yeah. of negative connotation to it sometimes but I yeah. think like just talking about other people is, like, taking the presence off of the person you're with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even if it's, like, not in a sexual way, yeah. like, what you were talking about with your story, like, that woman that was going through, like, all the things that men did wrong. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. now taking yeah. away from you and her yeah, getting yeah, yeah. to know totally. each other. No, I, I, Which I, is I, never the best for a date.
2: I, I want to find ways of meeting the other person uh, and finding points of connection. So one of the things I love asking most is, like, either where have you most recently traveled Uh, or what place do you want to really go to next? Right. And that begins to reveal a lot about a person, you know?
0: Yep, totally. So, yeah, no, I think, I don't know what the answer is. Maybe this guy's trying to get you jealous. Maybe... They just want to brag. Maybe they're not interested. We really don't know. But I think everyone probably should just stay away from this tactic because I don't think it ever really ends well.
1: I think in the end, it's it's all about respect. And I find this sort of behavior disrespectful. Yeah. I don't want you to be talking about other women on our date. Yeah. But I have had guy friends who've told me they've, they've done this on dates, one, because they're nervous. So that becomes like their default mm, subject that weird. they want to talk about. Kind okay. of like, oh, I don't know what to talk about. Let's talk about this girl I brought home. And then um, other other times they feel like it takes the pressure off of a date because then they f- they want the girl to feel like they're not like um, solely focus on them you know so then it takes the pressure off and then three I've also heard this from guy friends they say they want to look like they are desired by other women that's crazy in front of this. I think yeah. all of that's gonna back that's all no. it's all back I agree but no. um it those are the three reasons for you Rachel if you're listening to this
2: and guys just don't do it just just be just
0: interested in your date that's probably the best advice yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah don't talk about other conquests <laughs> okay let's wrap this up thank you so much David for Pleasure. doing this we can't wait to go see your show yeah, yeah. a love story is there a website that people there can is. go
2: to there is it's f-tinder.com <laughs> do Great not domain ev- and I repeat do not go to fucktinder.com <laughs> <laughs> that was taken years ago by a guy in Germany, and you don't want to see what's on that site.
1: Just like you don't want to go to
0: hotmail.com, M-A-L-E. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I made that mistake. Too. So, F-Tinder. dash Exactly. f dash And you have a book com. coming out, too?
2: Yeah, later this year.
1: Awesome. Sweet uh for anybody listening if you like to be a guest on our show we are still looking for guests for season six and uh we want to hear your stories if you want to recommend a friend we are open to that as well cool on that note
0: stay Stay dateable
1: if you want to see david live fuck tinder has more shows coming up david will be in san francisco tonight and may 8th and then we will be on tour in select cities in the u.s and internationally so check out his site f-tinder.com for more information your action item for this week is to weave together all of your dating experiences and see how all of these pieces are setting you up for that next stage instead of focusing on why something didn't work out or what someone was missing focus on how they contributed to who you are today this episode of dateable is brought to you by 500 brunches Also, visit the site today to see the latest about coaching, where we connect you with datable approved experts to help with everything from dating profile reviews, coaching, and even gathering real feedback about your dating style in a personalized and affordable way. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode.